The Chicago Bears' initial 53-man roster had surprisingly few surprises, but that all could change once waiver wire claims come in the next day. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On the show today, we go through this Chicago Bears initial 53-man roster, a few surprises here and there, but nothing earth-shattering at this stage of the process. But we'll look at where that leaves this team entering week one right now before waiver claims. We'll look at where they could add players on waivers, where there's room on this roster, I think, to maybe add a little bit more at some spots and maybe still subtract a little bit more at other spots. And we'll wrap up looking at who are the best candidates to make the practice squad based on the guys who didn't make the team. When the 53-man roster finally came out almost an hour after the 53-man deadline was passed, it was like almost 4 o'clock central time after the 3 o'clock central time deadline there, it wasn't like there was that big like, whoa, that guy got cut? Or whoa, that guy got made the team? Like, where did that come from? For the most part, a lot of it was... You know, the kind of key decisions we'd been talking about on the podcast in the lead up to this decision. And you know, if, certainly if you listen to yesterday's podcast compared to today's podcast, I think there's really only one swap that was that I got wrong. And certainly with yesterday's podcast, right, we had the added hindsight or the advantage of PJ Walker had already been cut. Alex Leatherwood had already been cut. And we knew about the Dan Feeney trade. So, you know, from from basically midnight Tuesday morning to 3 p.m. Tuesday afternoon, there was only really one spot that I got wrong in terms of the the final prediction there. Certainly along the way, there were already surprises through that process. But uh, one, the, one, the one spot that we can look at and say, I didn't think it would play out like this based on what we had seen at that point, was the center, Doug Kramer, made the 53-man roster. And as the, I guess, currently ninth offensive line, but Dan Feeney will make them 10 offensive linemen after that trade. That was the surprise. The Bears are opting for 10 offensive linemen for now. And then in exchange, only five linebackers, Michael Walker, did not make the 53-man roster. That was the one roster spot. I think we had 52 out of the other 53 spots. So I guess, so the, the real thing what happened here is the Bears at three o'clock cut down to 52 players, not a full 53. They cut one extra, knowing that Dan Feeney would come in as the 53rd. So out of all the roster decisions, one wrong from yesterday to today. Not bad, but I think that's less of me saying, oh, I'm a genius who predicted it right, and more saying this wasn't that hard to predict. Like there weren't there weren't those big surprises and and that big, you know, shocking 
move. There were the like the big moves that were still expected, right? The Bears cut Travis Gibson outright. There were reports that he was seeking a trade. Travis Gibson tweeted Tuesday afternoon that he never asked for a trade. But ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported that the Bears had trade talks with multiple teams. So whether Travis Gibson asked for it or the Bears engaged in it themselves, ultimately, does it make a huge difference to me? Not really. The Bears attempted to trade Travis Gibson for whatever reason. were not able to find a trade partner for Travis Gibson. And so they outright waived him as a part of this process. I would certainly expect one of the teams that was trying to trade for him that didn't trade for him would put in a waiver claim for him. Some team is going to claim Travis Gibson on waivers. He will be on someone's 53-man roster, and I think it would just be wishful thinking to expect him to make it to the Bears' practice squad. He's practice squad. I mean, I guess everyone's practice squad eligible, but he's especially practice squad eligible. But he's going to be on somebody's roster somewhere. He's too good. I think he should be on the Chicago Bears' roster. If I was GM, he would be on the Chicago Bears' roster. But instead, uh, at the defensive end depth chart, they kept Terrell Lewis as the fifth defensive end in that group instead of Travis Gibson, which is kind of where we ended up on yesterday's 53-man roster podcast discussion. So that's ultimately how it played out, but I don't know that I would have done it that way, but that's how the Bears chose to do it. The other, again, like not a surprise cut to us, but certainly maybe a surprise to nationally is Kendall Vildor being cut from the cornerback spot, a guy who started last season for them, started a couple seasons for them, fifth-round pick with experience. We knew he was buried on the depth chart, was hardly playing in these preseason games, and so... That's ultimately kind of where we knew that was trending. So it's not like a surprise to us. But if, you know, somebody outside of the Bears organization, you know, outside of Chicago, looks at the Bears cuts and they see Gibson and Vildor, like, wow, kind of surprised the Bears cut them. That Well, we knew that was coming. So it wasn't like a, a huge shock in that regard. A couple of other like minor, I don't know if you call them surprises even, but spots where we were waiting on a decision for the Bears to, you know, to pick one guy at, at certain spots, started like running back. Travis Homer makes it as the fourth running back. We weren't sure if they would keep four or just keep three. You know, whether Homer would make it versus maybe a fifth line or maybe a sixth linebacker. They opted to go with Homer there. Valus Jones sticks on the 53-man roster, which is not like a shock, but we wondered whether or not the Bears would give up on him. But we talked on this podcast about how we were pretty sure that they would remain patient for at least one more season with Valus Jones. Mentioned Doug Kramer as well as the third center was a little bit of a surprise on the 53-man roster. If we go to the defense as well, Terrell Lewis, again, not a shock, not a surprise, but, you know, a question mark making the 53 there at defensive end. And then Josh Blackwell. And I, whoops, I realized the graphic I threw up on the YouTube channel here, I've got the wrong cornerback in there. I have Greg Stroman listed instead of Josh Blackwell, but you get the point. They kept Josh Blackwell as the injured slot cornerback who Matt Eberflew says everyone's healthy and good to go all of a sudden. And despite dozen players missing practice last week and not playing in the preseason game, Matty Berflus on Tuesday says, Tevin Jenkins is our only injury. Everybody else should be good to go. That was kind of news to me. That one felt a little bit out of nowhere. But like those were kind of the surprise guys that made it. The other surprise cuts, I mean, Gibson, Vildor, Michael Walker, I guess. But again, lacking big surprises, which isn't a bad thing by any means. It's just, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's a combination of this roster settling in a little bit more. Ryan Pohl's not feeling the need to turn over so much. But also, I think just us getting a better understanding of what they value and don't value. It's not a brand new regime anymore. Like we've seen a year of kind of how they operate this team and we can get a better sense of what they're going to do. So that seems to be where we're headed here from the 53-man roster for now, because tomorrow waiver claims will go through and the Chicago Bears have the first spot in the waiver claim. So good chance they add at least one player. 
if not a handful of players from other teams and make more cuts to their 53. So we'll take a look at where that could be and maybe go through a couple names that are out and about for the Bears on the market now. Next on Locked on Bears. Today's episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a a high stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just like the Chicago Bears right now are scouring free agency to find the right players for their team, LinkedIn Jobs can be a great pool for you to look through for whatever your version of your 53-man roster is. So many people are on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. You're probably on LinkedIn. Millions of people on LinkedIn. And many of us are either looking for jobs or maybe have our eye open on what might still be available. We're always, always available for the right place. And then what LinkedIn does is gives you simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Last year, Ryan Poles scoured the waiver wire and ended up turning over quite a bit of his initial 53-man roster. I believe there were six players brought in on waivers after that initial 53-man roster was set. Some of that included guys that made the initial roster and then went on injured reserve, which then freed up more roster spaces to add guys on waivers. So it wasn't like, you know, like there were six guys that just like, oh, we got to get these guys because they're all better than guys we had. Some of that was built in with players going on injured reserve as a part of that process. But still, six out of 53 I'm no mathematician, but I know that's more than 10% of your whole roster turned over right before week one with waiver wire claims there. So that's that's a significant change that they went through last season. In theory, the Chicago Bears roster right now is and should be in a more stable, better place where they like the players they have a little bit more and won't go through as much turnover in theory. But pretty much... Every team usually claims at least one guy, right? Like, okay, occasionally you'll see zero, but most teams end up claiming at least one player. And it certainly wouldn't surprise me if the Chicago Bears went out and made some kind of addition somewhere on this 53-man roster. And maybe, maybe that spot is what we were just talking about with injured reserve. Maybe Tevin Jenkins goes on short-term injured reserve to free up another spot on this 53-man roster with Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair potentially shifting over to take in the starting lineup. Dan Feeney's in as your backup. So then you'd have that. You'd be back down to nine offensive linemen instead of the 10 that they currently have. And then use that freed up space to go out and add another depth player at another position. Like knowing that they've they've kept Kramer now to potentially prepare for a move to the injured reserve like that, which by the way, we don't know whether that's going to happen or not. I should be clear. We don't know whether Tevin Jenkins is going to end up on the short-term injured reserve or not. But the way it works right now is, you know, with the new injured reserve rules, you can go on IR for, you have to be a minimum of four weeks. So if the Bears think whatever Tevin Jenkins' ankle, leg, calf injury is, if they think that's going to last four weeks at a minimum, then throw him on the short-term IR 
use that roster space somewhere else. Certainly, if they think it's not going to be that long of an injury, maybe a game or two, they keep the roster how it is, but keep 10 offensive linemen because you need to keep the depth there. The key was that in order to go on the short-term injured reserve, you had to make the initial 53-man roster. You had to be under contract at 3 o'clock on Tuesday, Central Time, to then go on anytime after that, if you go on injured reserve, then you're allowed to be short-term IR. But like any of the players the Bears put on injured reserve already throughout this process, you know, in particular like Dante Pettis and then a couple mostly like other backups, those guys are lost for the year no matter what. I mean, the Bears could release them from injured reserve with an injury settlement, but then you're releasing them from the roster and you can't bring them back to your team that season. Those guys are done for the year. But anybody who made the initial 53 can now do a short-term injured reserve if they were like, if they would like, I can't help but wonder if Josh Blackwell is a possibility there, considering he didn't practice for most of training camp and most of the preseason, or maybe Dylan Cole at linebacker who didn't play in any of the preseason. Matty Berflus said everyone's healthy except Tevin Jenkins, so presumably Blackwell and Cole would be good to go, but it's a way to kind of stash those guys if they are injured. But again, what the coach says indicates we're not going to see that kind of injured reserve turnover for this team. But there might just be a player out there that's cut on waivers that is intriguing enough for the Bears to say, yeah, we'd rather bring that outside guy in and put him on our roster instead of a guy that we already currently have under contract. And I think when I look at this Bears roster, there's a couple of different spots where that would, I think I would predict that to be more likely than other spots. The first one is tight end. The Bears have three tight ends on the 53. It's the three guys we thought they would keep. Cole Komet, Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis. All indications are the Bears are going to want to use more two and even three tight end sets this season. All three of those guys are going to be part of the offense to varying extents. I would think if if all three are going to be playing, you might want to have a little extra depth there because then in case one of them gets hurt, you know, you, you won't really have other backup options there. I don't think the, the tight ends the Bears had under contract at training camp, you know, Steven Carlson and Lachlan Pitts, those guys were both not great. So I'm not surprised neither one made the team, but I could see the Bears saying, okay, if there's a tight end out there that they like, stashing him there, adding him as the fourth tight end there, and maybe you cut a, an offensive lineman or you cut Travis Homer as a running back or you cut Terrell Lewis as a defensive end. You know, if you find somewhere on the roster to cut a player to get a better player that you like for your team that might have more of an impact than one of those backups buried on the depth chart. I saw a couple of former Chicago Bears tight ends, J.P. Holtz and Jesse James, were cut by the New Orleans Saints. They might have that, you know, quicker familiarity with Justin Fields if you wanted to bring one of them in as a tight end. I don't think either one of them was particularly stellar. Like, oh, yeah, got to make sure you go land him. Would have been nice to see Albert O from the Broncos hit waivers, but he ended up being traded instead. So he won't be made available. But there's different tight end talents out there. And, you know, we don't have time to go through like every single tight end and every single team that's potentially out there. But there's a few different guys there with some experience and with some pedigree that you might, you know, you might just be interested in seeing if, if they'd be an upgrade for your team, you know, kind of different, few different spots across the, across the league. How about on defense? Five linebackers under contract. You'd think they might want a sixth, you know, your three starters, Edwards, Edmonds, and Sanborn, three backups for each one. I mean, most of the time you're going to be in your nickel defense with only two linebackers on the field. So I think that's why they feel comfortable with only two true backups there, that if Edwards or Edmonds gets hurt, you move Sanborn over into their spot. And those are still kind of your two starters. And you still have Dylan Cole or Noah Sewell as the backups there. But we saw kind of throughout the preseason, Cole was injured for a lot of the process. And Sewell just got hurt against the Bills. Again, Iberflus says 
everyone's healthy. So in theory, those guys are good to go and you don't need to add a sixth linebacker, but they rotated so many different guys on the bench there. It just wouldn't surprise me if they were going to go out and, and potentially add another spot there. Maybe O-line as well, but the trade for Dan Feeney felt like that was kind of in lieu of a waiver claim on the offensive line. They made the trade instead and not have to fight for in waivers. But the Bears do have the first spot in the waiver claims. And that's not the kind of thing that like takes turns. So the way waiver claims works right now, the Bears have the first spot. So anybody that the Bears want out of all of the waived players, they automatically get. The Bears could put in one waiver claim. They could put in six. They get first dibs at literally as many of the waived players as they want. So if, no matter how many teams put in claims on these guys, if the Bears put a claim on a player, they get them with that first spot. So that would encourage Ryan Paul to say, anybody that was just cut, I got first dibs. Everyone that was just waived, which is all younger players under, is it what, three or four or five years of experience get waived, and then veteran players are considered cut or released and can sign with anybody. But waived players, the Bears have first dibs at. And so I would expect Ryan Poles to use that on at least some sort of player, maybe even a, a more experienced backup cornerback. And I know like Bradley Roby was out there released from the uh, the New Orleans Saints. He's played some slot and some outside, maybe like him with more experience than than a Josh Blackwell by comparison. There's also uh, from the Indianapolis Colts, one of their young cornerbacks, they just cut down as well. Nick, was it Nick? No, not Nick Cross. One of their, but they just cut one of their young cornerbacks with some high upside there whose name is escaping me and I'm trying to find it as I'm talking here. But there could be some real, you know, familiarity, familiarity there, not only with the system. Darius Rush from the Indianapolis Colts could be a guy that, you know, as a just a what a fifth round pick this past year, having been in the same defense at least in in Indianapolis, coming out of South Carolina, he could be a real uh, he could be a real late snag as a developmental player at the cornerback spot with some upside there for sure. So there's there's different options for this Bears team on waivers. Ryan Poles has got to do at least. I would be really surprised if he did zero. Maybe it's one, maybe it's two. Probably won't be six again, but I'd, I'd expect at least one cut claimed somewhere for just from everybody else's teams being assembled that way. I'm expecting a few of those players to come onto the practice squad as well. Guys, the Bears cut will probably fill most of it, but some outside players are likely to go there as well. We'll look at some of the players the Bears released and go through the names that are most likely to make this practice squad, including a couple of names that are already being linked potentially to other teams' practice squads next on Locked on Bears. The practice squad rules expand and change every year, but just to kind of catch up and make sure we're all on the same page now, the Bears can keep 16 players on, I mean, every team, but Chicago Bears are able to keep 16 players on the practice squad this season. And I believe up to six of those can be veteran players that, you know, we think of years past not normally qualifying for the practice squad, right? right? Historically, the practice squad has had to be players that are only like within their first like three years of their NFL career and haven't played a certain number of games in order to call it a vested season. Like I think you'd only have like one or two what's called accrued seasons of NFL experience. And they've expanded that now to where you can keep veteran players up to six of your 16 on the practice squad. So it doesn't have to be all young guys. It can be players that have some experience, but you got to be a little bit more. So, so like you got to be a little bit more picky about the veterans that you keep 16 guys allows you to keep a player at every major position, right? You're not necessarily going to keep doubles at every position, but you know, you're keeping a quarterback or running back 
at least one receiver, at least one tight end, certainly multiple offensive linemen, multiple defensive linemen, at least one linebacker, at least one cornerback, at least one safety, and maybe even a special teamer like a kicker or a punter, right? There's a lot of flexibility for what you can add to this Bears practice squad. And I would imagine, like, when you look through the Bears cuts, you can pretty pretty easily get to 16 guys based purely on just the guys that were in training camp and preseason for the Bears. For sure, they're going to add a couple of guys to the practice squad that were not part of this preseason, and there's going to be you know, outside guys that they're intrigued about. Like, that's what the practice squad is a little bit for, right? Bring in some guys from other rosters that weren't here in the preseason. Get them in your practices for the next two weeks leading up to week one. See if they're any good, and you can cut them and replace them with a guy that you already know, right? Cut them from the practice squad and not be dealing with 53-man roster complications. But you, like, you start to go through some of the names that didn't make this Bears roster, and I think there's some strong candidates across the board here. As I pull up like the training camp roster here, first of all, it's been reported that Nathan Peterman, there, there is interest. He's not formally been placed on the practice squad yet, but the Bears are interested in keeping Nathan Peterman on the practice squad. I would expect that to be a real, real possibility uh, at quarterback. At running back, Treston Ebner has been in concussion protocol, and they may have been, I think he was considered waived slash injured. And so I don't know if there's room. I don't, I don't know exactly how that works with the practice squad when you're injured, or perhaps he would revert to IR if he clears waivers. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work. So they may end up keeping a different running back, like maybe Robert Burns, the backup fullback who played some running back in the preseason. He could be a practice squad candidate, but that's a position where I could see them going outside of the training camp and bringing an outside guy at running back. Tight end, Stefan Carlson and Lachlan Pitts were the backups. We kind of talked earlier about how I didn't think they were very good. So that's another spot I could see them going outside of the organization. But if you just want a guy with experience to be here, just in case you get an injury, it'd be Carlson for sure ahead of Pitts on the depth chart at least. Wide receivers, Simba Webster and Doris Fountain are both strong candidates. I think I read where Fountain was drawing some interest from other teams as a potential practice squad option, so he might not make it back to the Bears. But like Simba Webster in particular was one of their go-to kickoff and punt return backups after Dante Pettis went down. Webster was kind of the next man up, so it was like Bayless Jones, Tyler Scott, and then Simba Webster. And so I would imagine Webster makes the practice squad because he does have wide receiver upside, but also just next man up if you have another injury at the return game or if Bayless Jones really struggles and ends up getting cut or whatever later on down the line. Webster's a guy I think they may want to keep around. On the offensive line, Kellen Deesh, the offensive tackle, has been a practice squad member the last year or two. A preseason guy they've kept around have been trying to develop. I could see them keeping either him or Aviante Collins, who they signed from the Cowboys at the start of training camp. He can play tackle and guard. Probably one of those guys, but not both. But you never know. It's a big It's a big practice squad. Dieter Iselin, also almost assuredly a practice squad member here. Practice squad member last year, got called up to the 53 later in the year. Can play center, can play guard. I think he's he's in for a pretty good spot there. And then maybe one of the UDFAs, you know, like a Robert Haskins, a Josh Lug, a Roy Bateka, even Logan Stenberg, the veteran. I mean, I could see them keeping three, four offensive linemen on the practice squad, at least two as a minimum, but if not three or four, given the injuries that they have there and a lot of different quality young candidates that we've seen kind of rotate in with the second and third teams uh, throughout training camp here. Defensively, uh, Jalen Harris, the undrafted free agent defensive end, certainly Travis Bell, the defensive tackle. Lock him into the practice squad. Ryan Poles is not letting that guy go to any other practice squad. You have to put him on your 53-man roster. Travis Bell locked in there. Uh, Aaron Wilson from formerly the Houston Chronicle. I can never remember where he works now. But one of the pretty good, reliable NFL reporter guys 
said that the Minnesota Vikings have interest in Bears undrafted rookie free agent defensive end DeAnthony Jones out of Houston, who I thought flashed a couple of different times throughout the preseason. And especially if we're all assuming Travis Gibson does not clear waivers and is not practice squad eligible then, like he's on another team, I would have thought DeAnthony Jones would have been the go-to guy to throw on the practice squad at defensive end, but maybe the Vikings steal him away. But I, I would for sure see the Bears looking at outside defensive ends and defensive linemen in general to add more depth on the practice squad. Linebacker, Micah Baskerville, undrafted rookie for agent out of LSU. Throw him on the practice squad, lock that one in, put that one in and pen. Baskerville's got a spot there for sure. It's a question of, you know, do they add another linebacker like Demarcus Gates? Does Michael Walker or Davion Taylor get some practice squad time? Barrington Wade? I mean, they've got they had a lot of different linebackers in here with some upside. I would imagine they're going to keep... Baskerville for sure, and, and maybe a second one. You know, if you're only going to keep five linebackers on your 53 right now, keeping two on your practice squad to have a couple of options to call up in a pinch certainly would make a lot of sense to me. Uh, cornerback, we I, Kendall Vildor. I don't know if Vildor is going to make a 53-man roster. I mean, it feels like he should. He's been a starter. I, you know, he, I feel like he could provide value to some team, but... I don't know how the league views him. Certainly, he's got special teams upside, too. Like, I, I would think somebody's going to roster Kendall Vildor. But if not, absolutely keep him on the practice squad. Call him up if you have injuries at cornerback. But another guy, Michael Ojemudia or Greg Stroman, both played pretty well in the preseason. Guys that were part of this defense last season, late in the year. Practice squad guys as well. I, I think either one or both of those could be strong options. And then the two rookie safeties, Kendall Williamson, the seventh-round pick from Stanford. I'd pretty well lock him in on the practice squad. And maybe Braylon Trahan as well. Yeah, I think both of those guys have some upside safety, but I don't know if you keep both on the practice squad. So it's kind of maybe one or the other. And I would expect the guy the Bears use their seventh round pick on would be a pretty strong candidate to be kept around. They want to keep trying to develop him, even if it's not on the 53 man roster. So if you counted all the guys we talked about there, which I was not, but maybe you were, I think that was more than 16. If we went through all the names that we said were, were pretty likely to have a shot there. So Good chance that a lot of those guys make it, but good chance that a handful don't and outside guys are able to come in and fill some of those holes there. You can be sure if the Bears make some waiver claims that are important or notable, and as the practice squad comes together, we'll break it all down for you right here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, tomorrow, waiver claims, roster moves, anything different that we know about this 53, we'll break it all down for you here on the podcast. And then before you know it, we'll be getting ready for the Green Bay Packers in week one, coming up just, what, a week from Sunday. So football regular season is right around the corner. It's an exciting time. It's why you got to keep tuning into Locked On Bears and why it's really important that every day you use this podcast as an opportunity to bear down.